Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm really not looking forward to going back to work (laughs) on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And this episode is sponsored by Glenn Ratliff. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you. Today we will be discussing Chapter 29 of Goff, also known as Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, (laughs) The Dream. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to plummet into the details. Wow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Before we begin, let's go to make it for the Weekly Prophet. Uh, all right, so we've got a lot of news about us today. We're just going to talk all about us. About us. Uh, so first up, I wanted to talk about Wizardly World of Kent again. So I know that we just put out that bonus episode not too long ago with the lovely ladies who run Wizardly World of Kent. Um But if anybody hasn't listened to that or they skipped over it for some reason and just went straight to the chapter episodes, I wanted to give you all the details here, too. What? I was say, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, really. Go listen to it. It's all about (laughs) Wizardly World of Kent. So it's taking place on July 27th, so that you guys all know. Uh, It starts at 10 a.m. and it goes until 8 p.m. And we are actually hosting two different things at Wizardly World. First of all, we're going to have a booth. So you'll be able to find us at our Swish and Flick booth and meet us, chat with us. We'll have merch. Uh, It's $20 to meet us, just so you know. (laughs) It's free. (laughs) Katie. All right, I'll take candy. Okay. Um, So we're going to have merch. We're going to have free buttons and we also are going to be hosting trivia, 
which is going to be at 11.45, I believe. Um, there will be trivia signups at the Gringotts Bank Plaza, <clears throat> which is the check-in area for, like, if you ordered t-shirts and stuff, I want to say that's where you'll go. That's where you'll also sign up for trivia. There's going to be two rounds of trivia, and there will be seven teams in each round of no more than five people on a team. So if you guys want to get teams together of five, and then you can go sign up together, or just make friends at Wizardly World and sign up together, because, I mean, that's fun, too. And then also, we're going to be doing a live podcast, and that will be at 345? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Do we know what we're talking about? So, the what we talked about on the episode, basically, is that we're going to just do, like, a little intro about who we are, so that people who have never heard of us will get to know who we are, and then it's basically, basically going to be uh, driven by the audience, so... Hopefully people will want to ask us questions and then we can discuss them and talk about them during the episode. And then hopefully the hope is that we can record that and put it out live to everybody who can't be there if I can technically figure out how to do that. So yeah, so we'll do a live podcast at 3.45 and then we'll be there all the way from 10 to 8. You can come find us at our booth. We'll just be hanging out. Katie and I will also have our posters for sale from our Etsy shop there. And I'm hoping... If I have time, I'm trying to work on some like new art stuff. So I'm hoping that'll be at our. We're going to debut some new merchandise at Wizardly World of Kent. That's that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. So there will be stuff that will be debuted there first, and then might go up on the website if we have extras. Um, And then also, (laughs) (laughs) Regine, I'm just saying some of the merch might have to do with some fun podcast sayings that we have. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, dear Joe. I completely <laughs> forgot about all things. <laughs> also, I wasn't on this episode, and everyone's like, so tell me more about, like, what's happening with this Ken thing? I'm like, I wasn't on that episode, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, things are happening. We'll be there. We will. Uh, I'll be there. So In all my glory. And then <clears throat> something just for our Swishers. We are hosting a breakfast get-together the following morning on Sunday, um, do we want to just say 9.30? Is that a good time, you think? That's fine. 9.30 Sunday. It will be at the, uh, I think it's called the Dan Smith Community Park. Did I make that up? I have no idea. So there's a park. <laughs> so it's going to take place basically where Wizardly World of Kent is taking place. There's a park between the restaurants Barfly and Brico. Um, we're just going to bring donuts, bagels, coffee, some snacks basically for everybody also um, tree city coffee's like right there in case you want some of it that is coffee. right there so so good i almost said something <laughs> so good so um so yeah we're gonna be hosting that just for swishers sunday morning and um yeah just more time to hang out with us i'm excited yep Uh, So then second thing I wanted to talk about with everybody is that on August 9th, Katie, myself, and Tiffany, and our good old friend Ezra will be in Orlando, Florida, and we're going to be hosting a meetup on August 9th uh, at CityWalk in Universal. So CityWalk is just the free portion of Universal. So if you don't have tickets into the park, that's okay. But if you live in the Orlando area and want to come and hang out with us and meet us, 
we're going to be there in the evening. Um, details, I think that we'll nail a time down by the next episode. We'll put it on here what time we're going to meet. It's going to be in the evening around dinner. Um, we're just going to be in City Walk in the grassy area by the steps down to where the boats go. And then we're probably going to get together and then walk over to Voodoo Donuts and get some donuts. Just hang out, chat. Um, there's an event for both of these things on our Facebook page as well. So if people want more details. Go there. Sounds fun. <sighs> All right. I still got <laughs> I still got three more things. Okay. <laughs> so. Watch, watch. <laughs> Next up, I wanted to talk about our donation, um, our campaign that we ran for Glisten. So you guys are literally the best because we were able to donate $1,053 to Glisten from our sales of Pride merchandise in the month of June. Blows our mind. I Blows our mind. literally can't believe that we hit $1,000. It's amazing. I posted... So, like, I basically how I did it is that I created a campaign on our Facebook page for Glisten, and every time I would add up how much merch we had sold and all the profits, I would just go onto that Facebook campaign and I would donate that amount so that you guys could kind of see the progress as it went throughout the month. Um, and we, it was actually like July 3rd or something, and I was like, guys, we are so close to a thousand. So, we went a couple days into July to get to a thousand, but no shame. Okay. Um, it was worth it. It was amazing. So yes, anybody who bought pride merch all the way up to like, I want to say it was July 5th. All of it went towards glisten. Um, so thank you guys for that. $1,053. Yay. Um, so speaking of campaigns, one other thing I wanted to talk about is that Katie, my mom and my, no, Katie, myself and my dad, are doing the heart walk in September for my mom. Um, so I don't know if maybe people are new listeners now, but last year in May, my mom had a heart attack and all of the Swishers were so incredibly supportive and amazing. It was, I mean, that was kind of one of those moments for me that like how awesome our community has really hit me. Um, so my mom had a heart attack and everybody was just so supportive and she's doing so much better now, but it's honestly, like, thanks to the American Heart Association and the Cleveland Clinic that my mom is even alive right now. So we are running a heart walk campaign for my mom, um, and we're raising money for the American Heart Association. If anybody is still, or if anybody's interested in donating towards it, I'll put the link in the description of the podcast. Um, even, like, a dollar would, you know be awesome. Or if you can't donate, if you could share the link for me and just put it out there so that maybe somebody that you know can donate, even if it's just a dollar, that would just be awesome. Um, Because the American Heart Association does a lot of really good things. Mm -hmm. And last thing I wanted to tell you guys is that we're really going to start trying to ramp up our YouTube channel. So I don't think that a lot of you guys are subscribed to our YouTube channel, possibly. Um, because we have a lot more listeners to the podcast than we do subscribers on YouTube. So if you guys could head on over to YouTube, search Swish and Flick Podcast, and just hit that little subscribe button, that would be awesome. Um, we're going to be posting vlogs from our trip to Florida that we're going on shortly. I have one, I have 
maybe one or two more vlogs from our New York trip that are still going to go up. And then we also have a vlog, a mail vlog that's going to go up. So because all of you guys have sent us such amazing things, we wanted to make a video about it. Um, so if you guys wanted to go and subscribe, all of those videos, they'll they'll notify you as soon as we post them. So and hopefully we're going to be able to post more frequently on there. And I want you all to comment or message us. If you did, like, we did a puff pastry thing with Katie and Ezra, we want to do that with Tiffany and Katie. And Tiffany says no, and we have to turn her frown upside down and make her do it. I ain't no puff. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you two in the kitchen would be really funny. And I was actually just talking about how, like, watching people in the kitchen, that, like, it just makes me anxious. So I probably won't be paying super attention. But, yeah, if you want a video by them, tell us. And tell no. us what you want the two of them to make <laughs> yes <laughs> tiffany come on what do i have to make i don't know we'll figure it out i want to do food hey me and ezra made creme brulee yeah it was I know. legitimately really good i was talking was about good. it with my friend jen and she's like sarah that's like something really complicated you made them do i'm like yeah, i know we picked that on purpose i'm like and i was surprised at how well it turned out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tiffany yeah. So people should yeah. uh, comment on that video about how much they want Tiffany to do it. Yeah, and then give us ideas of what you want Tiffany to make mm-hmm. with Katie helping her. Toast. I'll make toast. <laughs> Sometimes that even trumps me. I will make cereal. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tiffany will be like, I'll make you guys a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she does make good coffee. I do. I know how to make coffee. So yeah, that my weekly profit is officially over now after all of that. Thank you guys for listening through it. We just have a lot of stuff going on and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Also, I don't think that, so somebody in the group chat mentioned something um, to me and Katie for the next time we go to New York. Fun fact, me, Katie, and Sarah are actually going to New York in August to see (laughs) Puffs for the last time (laughs) on the last weekend of Puffs. So, um... If anybody would be interested in a meetup in New York, again, let us know. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be August control. 17th and 18th we're going to be there. I think so. So, uh, yeah, if anybody can come to a meetup, hit us up and we'll arrange one. We'll be You're there. You're going to need to make a new t-shirt. Yeah. Add New York on there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'll get on it. Anybody who's coming to the Orlando meetup, when this comes out, you should still have a couple of days to order a t-shirt. We're making t-shirts. So if you're interested in one, message us and I'll send you how to order one. True is true. Okay, now Weekly Profit is officially over. (laughs) God, thanks. You ready? I'm ready. Thank you, Tiffany. You're welcome. Okay, last time. The trio sent good old Purse a letter asking about Mr. Crouch and got a not-so-nice response in return. Winky's still having a really hard time adjusting to life at Hogwarts, but we get to see Nifflas! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Ron gets super moody about money, even though his Niffler is doing a good job in class. The champions, or campions as I wrote in the doc apparently, find out that the third (laughs) task is a maze involving magical obstacles and creatures, and Crumb pulls Harry aside and wants to know what's up between him and Hermoneni, because that's his girl. (laughs) Uh, But the two of them stumble upon Mr. Crouch, who is like totally raving mad in the Forbidden Forest. 
He wants to warn Dumbledore about something, but by the time Harry gets Dumbledore and comes back, Crouch is gone, and Crumb is stunned. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But literally. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. They're amazed at that maze. Mm-hmm. Am I right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, a lot of things happened in this chapter, and you know, we're going to talk about it, and that's my summary. Just kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if that's what I did? Things happened. Harry Potter was there. I would take it. (laughs) All right. So a lot of conversations happen. Hermione reminds them and us, I guess, that you can't apparate in and out of Hogwarts. Haven't I told you guys enough? The Weasley twins are up to something. But, you know, so is the trio, a.k.a. what else is new? Yeah. Um, So before Defense Against the Dark Arts, they have a talk with Moody. And he tells Harry he should just keep his mind on the third task. I wonder why. Hmm, Don't Hmm. be... Digging into that crouch story. Don't be crouching into those secrets. Oh. <laughs> Harry gets a letter from Sirius and he's warned about going out and about whilst, you know, at Hogwarts, even though he's like, who is he to talk? Because Sirius did that too. And then, you know, on to classes. Harry goes and takes a little schnooze in Trelawney's class. And whilst there, he has an odd dream with Wormtail, a snake, and Voldemort in it. And he's woken up. Um, in the class, and the whole class is looking at him, and his scar is burning like crazy. Interesting. I wonder why that happened. Yeah. Will we discuss it in this episode? Find out. Trelawney yeah. <laughs> is convinced it was more of a, it was more than a headache. But Harry's like, Nah, I'm just gonna go leave. I'm I'm gonna go to the hospital wing. And she's like, No, don't go. But he's really not even going to the hospital wing because he's like, No, I'm gonna go see Tiffany's main man, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And so he gets there and he overhears Dumbledore and other people talking in their office. And he likes to uh, eavesdrop and then Moody calls him out on it. He does like and to eavesdrop not- this this Mr. Harry Potter. That's how you find out good information. I guess. I guess. Mm, it's true. So we begin our chapter by recapping the night before. A double recap. I know. I know. So Hermione comes to the conclusion that either Mr. Crouch had attacked Victor or somebody else attacked the both of them when Victor wasn't looking. But Ron believes it was Mr. Crouch. But Harry thinks otherwise because Crouch seems so weak that he didn't seem up to disapparating after. But you can't, says Hermione. Poor God. Hermione. Oh, my God. Nobody listens. All I can think about is Ryan being like, okay, there's Mr. Crouch with a wand in the forest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then in the library. Yes. (laughs) So Ron comes up with the theory of the century, I said. So here we go. Crumb attacks Crouch and stuns himself. (laughs) Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Then Crouch evaporates, according to Hermione. Right? This is plausible, correct? Sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love Hermione's sarcasm. She's like, yeah, and then he just evaporates. (laughs) It is so, like, quick-witted in this book. Yeah. And I... You can say, he pulls up Voldemort in the movies. He just evaporates into little little baldy bits. Little crouchy bits. Crouchy bits. (laughs) Crouch confetti. I like oh. it. Crouch Fetty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. You're all welcome for those terms. 
So the trio creeps up to the Alleria at daybreak to send an owl to Sirius about the events of the previous night because obviously Sirius is like, keep me informed, anything weird, and this is obviously something that he would want to know about. And I said that we've spent a ton of time with the owls this year, and I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. I love those hoots. Yeah. Hoot, hoot. Little hoots. So they're all um, staring off into the distance at the forest. They're puffy-eyed and pale because they've been staying up all night talking about the Croucher deal. Hermione tells Harry to just, you know, go through it again. So Harry retells his story like he tells every story ever when he's by himself. He has to go through it a million times. So Crouch wasn't making sense. He wanted to warn Dumbledore about something. He mentioned Bertha Jorkins. He thinks that she's dead. He kept saying stuff was his fault. And he mentioned his son. And so the book goes on to say, quote, He was out of his mind, said Harry. Half the time he seemed to think his wife and son were still alive. And he kept talking to Percy about work and giving him instructions. And remind me what he said about you-know-who, said Ron tentatively. I've told you, Harry repeated dully. He said he's getting stronger. So I said, question. You know how uh, villains give like their lengthy speeches to their victims or whatever yeah. before they kill them and, and stuff? Do you think that um, Cr- Crouch, knew, Crouch Sr., knew all the details about what Barty Crouch Jr. was doing because um, he was holding him captive and pretty much and he knew that he was never going to escape or and he was going to kill him in the end anyway. I think so. So do you think that's why he knew about, like, that's why he was saying Voldemort was getting stronger and the Bertha Jorkins thing? I yeah. think that he was with Voldemort. Like, I think that, what's-his-face had him? Wormtail? Wormtail. Yeah. Because he's always, like, talking yeah. about the blunder and then he's like, he's dead. Like, I think, I think it was Wormtail's job to keep an eye on Crouch Sr. Wasn't he at his house, though? See, I don't know. No one had seen him at all. That's what I'm saying. I thought that they were, like, keeping him, like, at his house and, like, messing with his brain and stuff. Yeah, I think they were keeping him at his house, but I think Wormtail was actually at the Crouch's house with him. Because he literally, later on in the chapter, he when Harry's, like, streaming, but, you know, he's dreaming his dream where he's literally there watching Voldemort and he's talking to... Um, Wormtail, and he's like, you know, I was going to punish you for your blunder, but, like, he's dead. He's talking about Crouch. So, in my, my assumption that w- Wormtail, like, that was his job, was to make sure that Crouch didn't go off and do something, yeah. you know, like he did. Especially if he's fighting the um, Imperius Curse, Curse okay. so much, you know, like, he needs someone to be sitting with him constantly. So, you think Wormtail yeah. was telling him all these things because he knew that he would never make it out alive anyway? You or know how maybe, people torture people and they tell him stuff and whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like in the in the he movie might have just brought him with him. Like when he was going to see Voldemort, he's bringing because he can't leave him because he doesn't trust him to not get out like his son did. So mm-hmm. maybe he was bringing him when he would have to go to Voldemort and have conversations and he could hear everything and they'd have to keep doing all the stuff. Does that I make like, any sense? I like both though. I but I feel like I don't know. I just feel like in my mind they wouldn't take him out of his house 
Well, maybe. But like, they wouldn't leave him alone either until Wormtail has to do things for Voldemort. They might leave him alone. Was Voldemort at the house with them? That's what I was gonna say. No, he, has to... he stayed at the roof house. But he has to be constantly watched. He, he has, has to be, to be fed. Like, fed like a baby. Mm-hmm. Like he can't take care of himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Like, either way, either way, Voldemort is either gonna. I don't know. I just think that like Wormtail's was supposed to constantly keep an eye on. Crouch, Crouch Senior, yeah. and then he didn't, when he left him for a second, that's when this happened. You know what makes sense if he escaped, because the Riddle House was still miles away from Hogwarts and all that, right? Yeah. I wonder if it was just any closer than where the Crouches stayed. Like, their house. Well, Either way, he escaped from somewhere. His house. Yeah. But do we know. know for sure that Crouch is always at his house? We don't know. I don't, I don't think we do. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out when we get, like, that whole Veritaserum with Judy. I, I don't can remember. Go. Yes, Moody says so. What, what, Vinny? Does Moody say that he kept him at his house? Because I feel like that's... Yeah, that's what I thought. But maybe when he went to school, he didn't, though. Because he, you know, there was time between the ending of, of the... Um, World Cup and them going to school. So maybe he kept him yeah. there and this started and then Wormtail had to obviously because um, Judy Jr. couldn't keep an eye on him while he's working as fake Moody. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, what are we arguing about? All I'm saying is maybe he wasn't at his house. Maybe he was with Wormtail <laughs> and Voldemort. I think he was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he was at the Riddle House. <laughs> This is what you do when you're in a relationship. <laughs> oh, God. You guys. What? This is why we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Continue, just, ma'am. I Continue. just love you guys. Just make me smile. <laughs> Anyways. So I went a little further with this. So if you think that uh, Crouch Jr. is doing this, or even Wormtail now that we're thinking about it, um, do you think that if he was telling him all this stuff, do you think that he wanted him to suffer as much as he could to match how he suffered in Azkaban Jr.? And then to imprison him like he was in prison in Azkaban, kind of like getting him back, like with all the bad thoughts that he had to go through while he was in Azkaban. um, He could have killed him right away and gotten rid of him and sent notes on his behalf pretending to be him, but he imprisoned him and kept him alive for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, like, why do all that? Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Why go through all of that? That's why, I guess that's why I was thinking that way. I went into a little bit deeper. Because, like, keeping up with the ministry, like, he did that, but kind of didn't. Because is Crouch really sending all of that stuff? Or is it Barty Crouch Jr. sending all of that stuff to Percy? Or Wormtail. Or Wormtail. I don't. Beha- think- I think it. I think you know we're talking about Wormtail, but I feel like anything Wormtail's doing right now is on behalf of Junior. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Right. Junior and Voldemort. I right. would think to keep up the ruse, but at the same time, if it they're is, not, they're not doing a good job at it. Ex- though. let's but be like, real. Let's talk about. Do you really think that like anything Wormtail's going to do is going to be that good? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So he's like. Well, I there's a word I want to use, but I can't use it because it's a swear word. But he's not putting in a full effort. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Half a donkey. Yeah. All right. 
Let's move on. <laughs> Are you sure we don't want to talk about, you know, Wormtail and where he's at with the junior, senior, whatever his name is? Can, can the we, dead one. Can we have the episode title be What Are We Arguing About? Yes. <laughs> or, whatever I did, or whatever I said. <laughs> you guys, but honestly, like, for our listeners, uh, dear Swishers, this is literally how we get through stuff when we don't talk on the podcast. Yeah. This is we how don't we talk. Do. We don't talk when we're not on the podcast. We're not actually friends. Yeah, I don't know oh who God. you guys are. Get out of town. Bye. Katie and I are friends. I'll leave. I just just out of town and I'll leave again. I got I'll you go back to St. Louis. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Here we go. Let's let's literally Here actually go. continue to go. So Ron's trying to deny that anything could really be up with you know who because I think like me, Ron wants everything to be like all mm-hmm. well and good. He wants mm-hmm. to believe the best. He's like, ah, I can't really be him, blah blah blah. Um, and I know that I never want to believe that horrendous things happen, but, uh, alas, they do. So, Harry redirects him and tells him that, um, Crouch Sr. was at his most sane when he was speaking about Voldemort. And then Harry thinks back to the event, and he gets angry with the way that Snape held him up. And then Ron, being Ron, tries to put Snape at the scene as the bad guy, as always. And then... And then I said, this is the Snape vampire theory. Oh, boy. Because Harry says, quote, not unless he can turn himself into a bat or something, said Harry. I wouldn't put it past him, said Ron. Mm. So I think this is where people started to uh, theorize about Snape maybe having an animagus as a bat or even being a vampire because of this line. So... I think it's cinemablend.com is the article that I pulled up. Um, And it's basically just people talking about Snape being a vampire in the series. But Rowling put this down pretty fast. And it says, while it is true that he is an unhealthy pallor and it is sometimes described as looking like a large bat in his long black cloak, he never actually turns into a bat. We meet him outside the castle by daylight and no corpses with puncture marks in the necks ever turn up at Hogwarts. In short, Snape is not yeah. a revamped trocar. So she put that down pretty fast. And she says also, the vampire myth is so rich and has been exploited so many times in literature and on film that I felt that there was little I could add to the tradition. So Ooh. sorry, friends. Snape is not a vampire. I don't know what shade. that would have added to the storyline, to be honest. You know what I mean? Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. A little sparkle here and there. <laughs> yeah, there was Depends already on what kind of vampire. There were already some people glittering, so we didn't need any more. Some some vampire feed on deer. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. She literally my. just, like, <laughs> collapsed. I wish I had a video <laughs> away from her microphone. <laughs> uh, no. Come here, you little spider monkey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on tight, spider monkey. Say All it right. out loud. Hello, Fozzie. 
so let's dive back into the book here. Uh, quote, we need to see Professor Moody, said Hermione. We need to find out whether he found Mr. Crouch. If he had the Marauder's Map on him, it would have been easy, said Harry. Unless Crouch was already outside the ground, said Ron, because it only shows up to the boundaries. Doesn't shh, said Hermione suddenly. And there were voices coming up the steps. Remember, we're in the Owlery if you lost where we're at in the book because we've been talking about so many things. So we hear, quote, that's blackmail, that is. We can get in a lot of trouble for that. And, quote, we've tried being polite. It's time to play dirty, like him. He wouldn't like the Ministry of Magic knowing what he did. And what ho! Gred and Forge are here, also known as <laughs> Fred and George. Oh and there's God. an awkward sort of moment. But it's a little bit of a comedic scene, and I really appreciated it. What are you doing here? Ron and Fred said at the same time. Sending a letter, said Harry and George in unison. What, at this time? Said Hermione and Fred. Like, come on! Yeah, I love that. I love that. (laughs) So Fred grins and says, fine, we won't ask you what you're doing if you don't ask us. Well, don't let us hold you up, said Fred, making a mock bow and pointing at the door, a.k.a. get out, right? (laughs) But the trio doesn't move, and Ron pushes who they are sending a letter to. And Fred puts an end to the conversation by telling him to keep his nose out of uh, nose out, or he'll basically he'll break it. And I said, "Oh, brothers, we're out, though." <laughs> oh, well done, you little Ravenclaw, you. Ron brings up the point that it is his business if they're blackmailing someone because pretty much family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So George is like, no, we're joking about blackmailing someone. No biggie. Mm-hmm. And then they pull <laughs> and then they pull a low blow for, for them. They compare him to Percy. <laughs> because he's being nosy. And they say he'll be made a prefect. I literally was like, no, I won't. I know. Like, is like, that a yeah. bad thing? <laughs> so Fred and George mail their letter and they're on their way. All right, so. My <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Hermione asks them if they think that Fred and George know something about all of this, like about Crouch and everything. And Harry says no. If it was something serious, they would tell somebody, like Dumbledore. But Ron immediately kind of, like, looks a little bit uncomfortable. And he's like, mm, I don't know if they would. They're a little bit obsessed with money lately. Um, money, he- money, money, money. <laughs> Um, And he says that he noticed it a lot when, dot, 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 awkward silence, he wasn't talking to Harry. (laughs) (laughs) So Ron then tells them about the joke shop idea that the twins have, and he thought that really they were only saying it to annoy Molly, but they really mean it. They want to start a joke shop. Quote, Ron says they've only got a year left at Hogwarts. They keep going on about how it's time to think about their future and dad can't help them and they need to get started. Um, So Hermione says that they wouldn't do anything against the law to get gold, though. But Ron's not so sure because breaking the rules has never bothered them. Um, (laughs) Hermione actually like looks scared at this point, though. She's like, but it's not just a silly school rule. It's the law. They'd get more than detention for blackmail. Um, she suggests telling Percy, but Ron basically is like, uh, no, he'd pull a crouch and turn them in, and he's not about to send his brothers to Azkaban or whatever the punishment may be for blackmailing. 
Excuse me, it's Alzkaban. Alzkaban. Sorry, Alzkaban. Get it right or pay the price. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after that, they decide that it's probably too early to visit Moody, and they head to History of Magic. Uh, And this class had never gone as slowly as it was right now. Not even Hermione could pay attention, which is saying something. Um, Right. (laughs) And when it was over, they hurried to the dark arts classroom. I thought you were going to say they hurried to the dark side. And I was like, they have cookies. They do. They do do have have cookies. cookies. So Harry asks Moody, or Judy, if he found Mr. Crouch. And Judy says no. He did use the map, but he wasn't anywhere on the map. And Ron says... liar! (laughs) Right? (laughs) So he did disapparate. Poor Herm. (laughs) You can't disapparate on the grounds, Ron. <laughs> How many times does she have to tell him? A million more. <laughs> more. Um, so, th- at this point, this is when Judy tells Hermione that she could also be an Auror. Because uh, doesn't he suggest that to Harry right before this? So he ju- he suggests to Harry with all of their like detective work that they've been doing that Harry would make a great Auror. And then he says so at Hermione. What? Herm's just like, Nah, I'll just go for Minister of Magic. Yeah, I'm just going to be better than that. (laughs) Um, Harry then also says, well, he couldn't have been invisible because the map also shows invisible people. And poor Ron, at this point, is just trying to have an opinion so that Judy would tell him that he could be an or two. Uh, but Judy wasn't having it. And he says something about, like, oh, they could have been taken by someone on a broom. They could have, like, swooped down and grabbed them and flown away. Uh... And and Judy's just like, well, I guess you can't rule out kidnap. <laughs> but basically, like, uh, sorry, Ron, that's not really a good idea, but I'm just going to, like, pat you on the back. Um, <laughs> Here's your participation, Ruben. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. uh, but this part actually kind of just, it's just annoying to read, especially, like, as a as a read as a reread because you know right now that Judy is lying this entire time. I'll tell you like I'm annoyed. I thought- he's lying. Just tell the truth and turn yourself in. I thought you were going to be like this as a reader this annoys. Like no because it's a reread. So like reading this for the first time like this scene wouldn't be annoying to anybody, right? But like going back and reading it again and you know that Judy knows exactly what happened to Mr. Crouch. And he's just like basically trying to force the kids to think a certain thing when he knows full well what happened. I mean, obviously yeah, he's the okay. culprit. Right. But so why would he, why would he like, tell what, are we, the truth? what are we arguing about? <laughs> I'm not arguing. <laughs> It'd be like, like guys, what I if don't like I it. actually, killed him, turned him into a bone, buried him, and I stunned Crumb, and then I, like, ran around in a circle just to make it look like I was just coming in. Oh my gosh. Surprise. What if Sirius... And then they all had a good laugh about it. ...was in his jog form and was just, like, you know, pooching around the forest and, like, dug up the bone. Give a dog a bone. Because he's a doog. I'm just saying it's an it's just annoying knowing like oh god you're talking to the person that did it you know what I mean yeah I get what you're saying plus liars are annoying so. like, a, like liar. a liar I bet you that Judy would go like this to them they he'd be like what would you do if I was the one that did it it was all me how would you react 
They'd probably be like, uh, I would yeah, punch ya. <laughs> Take another chunk out of your nose. I guarantee oh. they wouldn't believe him. They'd be like, ha no. ha. Ha, yeah, very yeah, funny. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Constant vigilance. <laughs> uh, but basically, he's just telling the kids to give up. He's like, the ministry will handle it. Dumbledore told me that you guys like to be investigators. Don't go pushing around on this one. Like... Let the ministry take care of it. They've got it. It's under control. And then he just pushes Harry to focus on the third task and even encourages Ron and Herm to help him out. Constant vigilance. About that third task. Just constant vigilance. Yep. All right. So. (laughs) Sirius sent an owl back basically just the next morning. Like, he's not messing around. He's got some things to tell Harry. But before they read it, Hermione gets the Daily Prophet that was dropped off to her, and she's stoked that Rita Skeeter had not gotten any wind of Mr. Crouch. The hatred that she has for this woman is, like, my favorite ever. It makes me laugh. (laughs) We all share it. Whoa. What? Who likes Rita Skeeter? I don't know. I love hearing a puff say, hey, just saying. I highly I dislike her. It's reminiscent of some real world things, and I can relate at this moment in time. Yeah. That's all. Mm. Okay, mm. okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read good old Sirius's letter. Harry, what do you think you're playing at, walking off into the forest with Victor Crumb? I want you to swear by Return Owl that you are not going to, wa- to go walking with anyone else at night. There is somebody highly dangerous at Hogwarts. It is clear to me that you wanted to stop Crouch from seeing Dumbledore and you were probably feet away from them in the dark. You could have been killed. Your name didn't get into the goff by accident. If someone's (laughs) trying to attack you, they're on their last chance. Stay close to Ron and Herm. Do not leave Gryffindor Tower after hours, and arm yourself for the third task. Practice stunning and disarming. A few hexes wouldn't go amiss either. There's nothing you can do about Crouch. Keep your head down and look after yourself. I'm waiting for your letter, giving me your word you won't stray out of bounds again. Serious. And Harry's like, who's he to lecture me about being out of bounds after all the stuff that he did at school? I've got the map to prove it. Mm -hmm. And Hermione's like, he's worried about you, just like Judy. Ha. Yeah. Sure. And Hagrid. (laughs) So she's like, so just listen to them. And Harry's like, listen. (laughs) Harry's like, no one's attacked me all year or done anything to me. And Hermione's like, uh, someone put your name in the Goblet of Fire? I'd say that's doing something. And she says, Snuffles is right. Maybe they've been biding their time. Maybe this is the task they're going to get you. And Harry's like, look, even if Sirius is right, say someone stunned Crumb and kidnapped Crouch, which that's basically what happened. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They obviously would have been in the trees, right? They had all the time in the world right there to attack him, but they didn't attack until after he left to get Dumbledore. So clearly I'm not their target. And Hermione's like, look, how were they possibly going to make that look like an accident? Just murdering you right in the forest. But if you die during a triwizard task, that's a little less fishy. And Harry's like, look, they didn't care about attacking Crumb. So why didn't they just make it look like me and Crumb had a duel? So once again, what are we arguing about here? (laughs) Um, Hermione thinks about him dying too often. (laughs) We're like death in general. Like, this is how it could happen. And that would be the best way possible. <laughs> but she's, like, always right. If yeah, I were to kill you, Harry, yeah. I would do this. 
No one would be able to find you. And it would look like an accident. Hermione's the one who put his name in. I think yeah. being friends with Hermione would really scare me sometimes. She would give me anxiety. Well, if you were Harry Potter. Yeah. You wouldn't, well, yeah, no. I think if you were Harry, she wouldn't scare you a ton. But if you got on her bad side, like, Ron, like, he probably makes sure, like, when they're, like, grown and stuff, that they don't fight too much. Because he's, like, she could literally have me, like, killed now that she's a minister of magic. Like, I would just go on a trip. And that's her way of being, like, oh, he's dead now, you know? Dude, Bertha Jorkins it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ron just does that. I just think of the bird she set on him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No so you better watch out. Because what if she sent, like, a flack of toucans, man? <laughs> toucan sands. Those aren't small beaks. <laughs> They're no small birds. They ain't no small bird. Quality birds. I thought you were going to say koala birds. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Drop bears. <laughs> So Hermione's oh like, I don't get it either, but you better get your butt in gear and start training for that task, and you better write back to Sirius right now and <laughs> promise him you won't go sneaking off. Hashtag her mom. I was gonna say, okay, mom. <laughs> right. So Harry thinks in his head, like, the Hogwarts grounds never looked more inviting than when he had to stay indoors. I know that's because he's practicing a lot, but he kind of is acting like he's under house arrest. Like, mm. just, just go take a walk outside. Nobody said he couldn't do that. Just be a right, good boy. Yeah. You could be a good boy and go outside. No, it's he's Harry Potter. He can't. Right. That's true. <laughs> so he's trying to learn the stunning spell, which he has to test out on Ron and Hermione. <laughs> Mainly Ron, which we'll get to. So this is stupefy, so that's to stun an opponent, which renders them unconscious. I believe the first time we hear this spell is actually in the beginning of this book, when the Ministry Wizards are at the Quidditch World Cup. Mm. They're trying to stop whoever casts the Dark Mark. Uh, we see it again with Charlie Weasley and the other Dragon Keepers when Harry glimpses the dragons before the first task. Um, and just a little bit more information. I just pulled it from the wiki, because it actually had more than Pottermore. Pottermore was just like, this is what it does, the end. So the wiki says, <laughs> the stunning spell is used to instantly render a target unconscious without causing lasting damage. Because I wondered that. I was like, if you did this a lot, like, could it actually hurt you? But I wonder if there's, like, a different stunning spell that, like, really will, like, mess you up. You know what I mean? Like, along with, like, knocking you unconscious, it maybe does some other things to you. Because this seems relatively tame. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. seems like it's just for, like... What do I want to say? Like official duels, not like an actual like I'm trying to kill you duel, but like a, you know, like a fencing match or something like that or like a boxing match. You know what I mean? Yeah, I forgot I actually put this in here, but the use of multiple stunning spells cast at the same time amplifies the effect. So maybe then right. it's mm -hmm. worse. You McGonagall know? took three to the chest, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, um, when you do that, it's particu particularly useful towards creatures, such as with the dragons, trolls, giants, half-giants, um, but that may result in injury for ordinary individuals, like McGonagall, because she had to be moved to, to Mungo's after being hit by the spell by multiple Ministry of Magic employees in 1996. And Madame Pomfrey even said, I'm surprised it didn't kill you. All right. Craziness. Yeah. So, Ron suggests... Why don't we uh, capture Mrs. Norris and we can practice on her for a while? Ooh. <laughs> or Dobby. He would do anything for you. <laughs> and then he's like, Hermione, why don't you take a turn? And she's like, oh, I think Harry's got it by now anyway. 
<laughs> and she also tells Ron it wouldn't hurt so much if he would stop missing the cushions. And Ron's like, what am I supposed to- Ooh, that was loud. Ron's like, what am I supposed to do once I'm stunned? You can't really aim. So, um, what, Sirius suggested practicing stunning and disarming, but they don't have to do disarming because Harry's already a boss at it. So they start on hexes, and they choose the impediment curse to start after dinner. So that is to stop or slow down any person or creature, temporarily immobilizing them. Um, the jinx is, will simply, will usually simply immobilize a target. It can also be used to push or throw a target backwards, simply decrease the velocity of the victim's movement, or can even levitate them. So, like, do you just cast it, and you, you never know what you're going to get every time? Yeah, honestly. Maybe it just depends on, like, how much force you use it, you know? Yeah. Like, you put yeah. into the spell. like, Or maybe you have to decide in your head. Yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say that this uh, this spell is quite useful. Oh, Teddy is rubbing <laughs> on the microphone. Listen. Um, I was just gonna say that this spell is quite useful in the video games. You use it a lot. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's like your main. It's your bread and butter. Actually, yeah. Harry says that. Oh, he does say that. <laughs> um, fun fact: before I finish off my section, it's ineffective against lethefolds. And if you don't know what lethefolds are, they're super <laughs> creepy. They're like giant black sheets that are really dangerous. So don't and try they, to use like, this. Don't spell. they come out at night too? I think so. Yeah, and like because like that's that. how like the, like no one had seen it for like the longest time, and then he almost got killed by one. Yeah, they're creepy. That's in that's in oh. the um. Also, yeah. fun fact, after midnight, I turn into a lethophobe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're a Vila and a lethophobe. Interesting I'd combo. love to meet your parents. You're a lot of things, Tiffany. Vila during the day. <laughs> lethophobe at night. <laughs> okay. Let's go on to my section, shall we? Blue. Blue. Having a blue Christmas. Ooh. Christmas in July. So, Rary are headed to Divination, <laughs> their favorite class. Ron points out, whilst they're on their way there, that he's like, dude, the room, room is going to be boiling. Because Trelawney's like, you know, always has to have a fire going because it has that certain look that she likes. And he was right. It was sweltering, as the book said. So, Harry, like, goes to sit down next to a window. So, while she's not looking, he can crack it, like, just a smudge, smidge. I don't know why I said smudge. That's not what I wrote a smidge so he can get a little bit of fresh air and he has a soft breeze that's like kind of blowing on his face and it even says in the book it was extremely comfortable so she starts her lesson they're talking about like Mars and you know stuff and she takes out these planet things so she dims the lights <laughs> and so Harry really starts to zone out because who wouldn't because she's her and I don't want to listen to her either True. And he hears, like, an insect humming gently somewhere behind the curtain Ooh. as his eyes begin to droop. And then I said, too bad he doesn't smash that little bug, a.k.a. Rita Skeeter. Cause she you mean rumps. murder someone, Sarah? But I bet you if you squash the bug, she would then turn into, like, herself and be dead. <laughs> no, I don't know about all this. <laughs> still, st- still murder. I mean, I'm not saying that's, I'm not, saying that's not wrong, but if you turn a teacup into a dog, <laughs> I'm not doing this with and you. And then the dog might be getting killed by the dragon, aka you know what Cedric did. Does he turn back into a teacup or like the rock that you know Cedric did? Just asking. Dear asking for a friend. <laughs> okay, all right. So the seer Harry begins to dream a little dream. 
Because, you know. A little dream with me. You're welcome for that. All right. So at the beginning of the dream, it says he was riding on the back of an eagle owl, soaring through the clear blue sky toward an old ivory covered house set high on a hillside. Why are you freaking out? The eagle owl from last chapter when he was staring at Hagrid digging for the nipplers. Oh, I was yeah. saying that's a pretty good connection for any uh, dreary fans. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ma- well, we said it was Malfoy's owl, probably. Yeah, yeah I know. This is boyfriend's owl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so lower and lower they flew, the wind blowing pleasantly in Harry's face, until they reached a dark and broken window in the upper story of the house and entered. Now they were flying along a gloomy passageway to, ro- ro- to a room at the very end. Through the door they went into a dark room whose windows were boarded up. So then Harry leaves the owls back and then he's watching. And so like whenever we pointed out this reason why I agree with Tiffany that he's a seer is because like he's not seeing this. Like I know that Voldemort and Harry are connected. But in my opinion, if this was coming through his connection truly with Voldemort, he would be seeing it through Voldemort's eyes, not seeing it as himself in the corner, basically, of the room. Go, babe, go. I'm just saying. I'm He's just a saying. Seer. You're a seer, Harry. Yeah. So Harry is watching. He sees the owl fly to a chair. And so the owl's back is to Harry. And I believe the back of the chair, like, he doesn't see who's sitting in it either and so like on and there's two dark shapes on the floor besides the chair one was a huge snake and the other one is described as you know a gross human aka worm tails there hey. and I, and I, no, I can't wait till you die yeah <laughs> <laughs> so a cold high-pitched voice from the chair speaks to Wormtail, and he's basically like broski you're in luck and this is what he says. You're in luck, Wormtail. You are very fortunate indeed. Your blunder has not ruined everything. He is dead. He's talking about Crouch Sr. He's now just a bone in the woods. Ha 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 ha. Sorry, that's not funny to laugh at him. It's, it's really not. It's, it's, it's awful. But can yeah. I point something out here? Every time they talk about the, the chair and you can't see who's sitting in it, it makes me think of da 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 Inspector Gadget and Dr. Claw, because you can never see him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome, nice kids. I loved it. <laughs> I'd also like to point out, when talking about Wormtail and like how a ugh, person he is, mm-hmm. he's literally wheezing and sobbing on the hearth rug. Like, I'm going to need a dude to buck up a little bit. Like, you chose the thug life, you know? You chose to be on Voldemort's side. I need you to, like... I don't know. Stop being such a coward. Here's my headcanon about him and choosing his uh, thug life. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he's the kind of guy that, like, cries, sobs, whatever. And then, like, will, like, leave the room and be like, psh, that ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's such a... He just puts on a show. And he thinks he's tough. And it's like, no, you're going to choke yourself. So I don't know. Oh, or one would say instead of saying you choose the thug life you choose the rug life because that's where you're going to be at for the rest of your life below oh what? my god he's just laying on the rug Oh. <laughs> so then of course Wormtail's groveling and he's like no I'm so sorry no please blah 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 whatever he's like I'm so sorry I didn't mean it and I'm grateful he's dead and I'm glad that you know I'm lucky and then um, Voldemort's like Yo, sister, Nagini, you're out of luck because I will not be giving you a uh, wormtail, the little to snack on. Also, you know he wouldn't taste good. 
Maybe he's like, but never mind. Never mind. There is still Harry Potter. So I think Harry's probably freaking out. Well, yeah. 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 He doesn't want to be snake food. Um, is this the first time? No, Nagini. We hear Nagini's name at the beginning of this book, don't we? Yeah. With Frank. Kill or something like yeah. this. Or yeah. dinner Nagini or something yeah. like that. I don't know. And so I was like, yeah. oh, no, Nagini, don't eat Harry. He also wouldn't taste very good. Mm-mm. But he would probably taste better than Wormtail because he's not a gross human. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's like, you know, Voldemort's talking to Wormtail and he's like, I'm not going to tolerate any more blunders. And really to prove his point, um, he's like, yeah, I'm going to show you my wrath. And then really <laughs> And then, just, oh, let me show you my wrath. I just bought it today. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the tip of a wand emerged from around the back of the chair, and it was pointing at Wormtail. So here's my question, though: If you're a baby, and like you know, you're a little Listen, baldy baby, they've been working how on do you fine motor skills. Okay, not baby baldy. Also, like, do you think, do you think so, we know that this is actually happening, or, like, has happened, or whatever, so Harry's seeing this, and these are true events, not really a dream that Harry's having, do you think that that owl is being, like, delivering something, like, if that truly is the Malfoy owl, because you know that he's, like, in talks with Voldemort. Does does Malfoy Sr. know that Bully's back until he's called back, though? I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there that maybe it's connected. I think that Senior only oh. knows that he's back when he's called to the graveyard. Benny, Benny's saying maybe it's Judy's owl. Mm-hmm. Could, be, could be. I was just as curious. Um, so I want to read a little bit about the Crucio curse. Read it. Do it. Um, which we've talked about <gasps> before because we learn about it. What? What if that's Percy's uh... owl? Because Percy has an eagle owl, and Judy mm-hmm. could be writing Crouch's to, notes to, to the Percy. ministry, yeah, or, or Wormtail. Like that's how yeah. they're communicating. Yeah. Ooh, good Whoa. thoughts. Good thoughts. Whoa. Da, 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 yeah, this Hermes. Is so juicy. Okay, me. Or more talking about Crucio, it's one of the three unforgivable unforgivable curses. The Cruciatus curse causes agonizing pain, um, and the purpose we said is to inflict excruciating pain on the recipient or victim. Um, and so there's like a couple things we know that I believe Bellatrix loves to use it. See in the a, final task. She's a nice person, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's just wonderful. Um, and I just wanted to read a little bit from the chapter with Wormtail. And how he reacted. Wormtail screamed. Screamed as though every nerve in his body were on fire. The screaming filled Harry's ears as the scar on his forehead seared with pain. He was yelling too. Voldemort would hear him. Would know he was there. Wow. So. Also, because I meant to do this too. Um, Maybe I didn't. But there's a cool article on Pottermore that doesn't talk about this dream but talks about Harry's dreams. Because um, this is dreams are rarely normal, but when you're Harry Potter, they can be a nightmare. Oh, okay. Very Oops. funny. Yeah. And then um, talking about Harry being a seer or being a seer, there's another article on Pottermore that says magical abilities that do not sound at all that fun. 
and seeing, being a serious, as having the ability to see the future may sound like a pretty useful power, but it is weighted by many responsibilities. In the case of part-time seer Professor Trelawney predicting that Harry or Neville would be the cause of Lord Voldemort's downfall, created a chain of events trying to stop said prophecy with Voldemort murdering Harry's parents in the process. Had Voldemort not known about the prophecy, maybe James and Lily wouldn't have died or would have died later, anyways. But thanks to Trelawney's premonition, Harry ended up an orphan from an incredibly early age. Although not Trelawney's fault, her prediction nonetheless created a domino effect. And despite her fascination in the art of divination, she has even admitted herself seers have always been feared, always been persecuted. It is, alas, our fate. This is being, basically being a seer sounds more trouble than it's worth. But I still think that, like... I wouldn't want to be one. Oh, no, for sure. But, like, I I think Harry has a touch of it. Um, But I also think that it's one of those things where, like, um, everything happens for a reason. So, like, if, if she had never done anything like her doing it and helped the prophecy like you know how people are like we're gonna try all these other things but like the outcome's still going to be the same no matter what you do yeah sense in my head it makes sense of what i'm trying to say i got what you're saying yeah i get it so harry is kind of hearing his name it's like one of those things like and i'm sure it's happened like i've had dreams where like i'm i'm like kind of waking up and i could hear like Back in the day when I used to listen to the radio when I would sleep, you'd hear, like, the song or whatever they were talking about where you would started dreaming about it. So Harry, like, hears his name, and then he opens his eyes, and he realizes he's now on the floor of uh, the classroom. And his hands are, like, on his face, kind of holding a scar because it's burning so much that his eyes were watering. And he's like, oh, shoot, like, that pain was real. Like, the pain he felt in his dream was real. And everybody's staring at him, and then lot. Ron is looking at um, him and he looks very scared. And so um, Trelawney seems very excited. She's like, what was it, Potter? A premonition? An aberration? What did you see? Because she's like, I know you, you, there's something in you. AK. She's like, probably wouldn't be like, I helped him. You know what I mean? I helped him see the la- the ways. It's the ways of the seer. What? The light. There's a horcrux in him. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, and she keeps trying to be like, okay, come on, like, what happened? And he's like, no, nothing happened. Like, I didn't see anything. You know, and he said that, as Tiffany would say, like a liar. <laughs> like a liar. Actually, and John Mulaney. Was John Mulaney. <laughs> Tiffany quoting John Mulaney like That's it's right. her job. It is my job. It's your job. All right. It's my job. Continue your section, please. Oh, baby. <laughs> Um, so she's trying to get out of Harry what he saw and he's like literally saw nothing um, but really he's like so shaken up because he can't get those images out of his head yeah. and then she's like Come on, I have experience in these matters like I can help you and he's like no you know it's just a headache and I'm gonna leave and go to the hospital wing because um, uh, they can help me more than you can in all aspects of life <laughs> so he gets up and leaves and he's leaving behind like a frustrated looking Trelawney because I think she wanted to like turn this into a big ordeal and like a big spectacle thing. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for sure. He yep. doesn't have time for that. Mm-mm. And you know, he also doesn't have time to go to the hospital wing because some good advice, I would say that dumb or not double or serious gave him was, you know, if this happens again, go to Dumbledore. Like you need to tell Dumbledore cause this is serious. <laughs> Get it. Oh. <laughs> so he heads to um, Dumbledore's office and he um, is, like, kind of on his way there thinking about all those details, and he kind of compares it to the dream he had at the beginning of the year, how vivid it was. 
Um, and he's like, he keeps going over all the details so he won't forget anything. But he gets to the gargoyle and he's like, oh, shoot the shooters. I don't know what the password is. Okay, I need so you to read these like really, really fast. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Lemon drop, pear drop, licorice one, fizzing wisby, Drupal's best blowing bum. 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 <laughs> <laughs> bots, every flavor beans. Oh, he doesn't like those. That can't be it. He's like, chocolate frog, sugar quill, and winner, winner, chicken digger, dinner. He says, cockroach, cluster, and it moves. Woo, 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 woo. They get into double doors. Well, not really the office, but, you know, the stairwell to the office. Dribble's well, best about- blowing bum. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about cockroach clusters. Sounds gross. Do you think a cockroach cluster is like um, a turtle? Cockroach. Yeah. Yeah, but with a yeah. cockroach in it. Oh, no. Do you, think they, do you think they move like um, chocolate frogs do? Yeah. What? Do they scuttle? Ew. Do they come alive in the dark? Dash? What are they, crabs? Scuttling. <laughs> Scuttling. So gross. <laughs> so then Harry does what Harry does best. Because he's like, ooh, I hear voices. I'm going to listen. <laughs> so he hears, in Dumbledore's office, he hears good old Dumbledore. He hears... Uh, gross Mr. Fudge and uh, the fake Judy. And they're talking about Crouch. <laughs> they're talking about Crouch and like what happened in the forest and um, you know we hear Fudge's opinion being like I just don't I don't see the connection um, like Ludo says Bertha's perfectly capable of getting herself lost. I agree we would have to ex- would have expected to have found her by now but all of that the same we've got no evidence of foul play None at all. And he's like, as for her disappearance being linked to Bart with Barty Crouches. So like him just saying that in in and of itself is like, okay, so now there really is something fishy with Barty Crouch. It's odd that he hasn't been to work, even though he's been corresponding with Percy. Um, And like, I can't believe they're still not super concerned about Bertha Jorgens being missing. But guys, she's freaking dead. Oh, poor Bertha. Open your eyes. (sighs) And I then you, um, I, they like give me no hope for government. Like, the ministry, the ministry just gives me no hope for government. Like they are <sighs> when you don't have a strong leader. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna leave it at that. <clears throat> um. Anyway, so we know that she's you know doing things and she's used to being gone and whatever. So they're not terribly worried about it. And then Moody like likes to stir the pot because he knows what happened to Barty Crouch. So he goes, what do you think happened to Barty Crouch, Minister? And then Fudge is like, okay, well, there's two things. One, maybe he finally snapped. I don't know. Or maybe he's lost his mind and is taken to wandering. I mean, could be. And then he really kind of had this theory basically saying like, wow, you know, I'll reserve judgment until after I've seen the place where he was found. But you say it was just past the Bobaton's carriage. Dumbledore, you know what that woman is. And I re- literally wrote in my book, OMG, beep. Yeah. I said a not nice word. I wrote a mm. not nice word in my thing. And then, you know. He's not a nice person. No. And I said he's basically like, no. And so Dumbledore's like, I'm not having, like, he's not having any of Fudge's prejudiceness and his words, because he's like, I trust her. She's a very capable headmistress. And he even goes, and an excellent dancer. Um, <laughs> and then it literally says, and I want to read this out loud. So that's Dumbledore says that quietly. 
Fudge goes, Dumbledore, come, said Fudge angrily. Don't you think you might be prejudiced in her favor because of Hagrid? They don't all turn out harmless, if indeed you can call Hagrid harmless, with that monster fixation he's got. And then Dumbledore says, I, I no more suspect Madame Maxime than Hagrid, said Dumbledore just as calmly. I think it would possibly, I think it is possible that you, hold on, words are hard for me to say. I think it is possible that it is you who are prejudiced, Cornelius. And I wrote, yes. Mm-hmm. My man. Mm-hmm. My man. Because mm-hmm. I just, I'd like to point out when they're having this conversation, Fudge is getting angry kind of this entire time because he's kind of disagreeing with with Dumbledore. And we know in the next book that he's very much like he is not back and he's freaking out. And Dumbledore is just calm and he's like, you know, I, I don't think it was her. Why would you say that? You know, neither one of those people, Hagrid nor Madame Maxime, are those types of people that would hurt Crouch. Like, mm-hmm. calmly. Calm as can be. And you know what's great, though, is a lot of times it makes the people that are angry even more angry. Mm-hmm. They just need to, in uh, the words of Taylor Swift, you need to calm down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just not? Yeah. You need yeah. to just stop. <laughs> and then um, Moody was like, "All right, Broskies, we gotta like wrap this discussion up like a tortilla." Uh, you know, um, well, Fudge is like, "Yes, we need to go investigate." And he's like, "No, Harry wants uh, a word with you, Professor, because he's outside." And they're like, "Oh, there's a student listening." And then they had quesadillas. Yeah, I like quesadilla. Yeah, I like tortilla chips better. With some guacamole, salsa, and guacamole. Salsa. I like salsa. This sir makes this thing that I haven't had in a long time, and it's like black beans and corn and onions and guacamole. Not guacamole. Avocados. It's so good. It's been a minute since I've had it. I like a good seven-layer dip from the old restaurant I worked at that's now closed. What restaurant? Parkside. Park side. Were they on the side of a park? Actually, yes. Are you ready for the lightning bull around? Okay. <laughs> Dear friends, we're here with questions. First up from Logan from the Discord chat. <laughs> My guess. <laughs> what would you do if you had dreams like Harry's? <laughs> Uh, It'd be funny if you just ended it if you had dreams while I'm still waiting for the day that I have a dream. <laughs> I probably, like, wouldn't want to sleep. No, sames. Yeah, I don't, you know, like it says, like, it sounds cool that, like, knowing the future, no, I don't, I don't need to know. Mm-hmm. That's not what life's about. He's not really, like, knowing know. the future, though. Yeah, I'm you're saying. right, you're right. It's like, he's just able to read something that's happening in that moment elsewhere true it's it's like he's it's like he's able to see pieces that like help him in the situation he's at yeah because if you think about like, with cursed child he's like having dreams about his childhood that's helping him yeah with his future so it's like almost like his brain is being like okay here's some bits of information you need to know to be successful in doing what your task is right now yeah yeah I Do you guys believe in things time. like that? Like dream interpretations and stuff? Well, I dreamed sure. about Alana's middle name. <laughs> and yeah. I dreamed about the Dear Joe design. <laughs> Not true. Well, like, 
So I recently, my, my dreams come into my life that way. I have a friend that her dreams, if she dreams in colors, in color, they typically come true. Um, but I had a dream recently, and I was like telling my friends about it, like I was telling Jen and Regine about it, that I was at my grandma's house, which she no longer owns because she was passed on. But like, um, I was sitting in her driveway, and my dad was there, and my sister was there, but like I couldn't see my sister, and like my grandma was like there, but not there, like I couldn't see her. I just knew like. Um, and my dad's like, oh, I got you guys something. And he like, he's like, I got you something. So he goes around like a car and he comes back with like five or six puppies. And he's like, pick one. Like I'm getting you, like you're getting a dog, like pick a dog. Um, and the dogs were beautiful. (laughs) They were so cute. They were like black and white and like a little bit tan, like all over with blue eyes. They were so cute. Um, and I woke up right before I picked one out. And then I had another dream there where I was like in D.C., and I got another dog, but I don't remember it as much as the other one. But yeah, they think that right. means something's coming into my life. Fun fact. Ooh. I very rarely dream. Same. And when I do, it's weird. Yeah. My mom has really weird ones. What was it? And I never remember them. Like, as the second <laughs> I wake up, I'll remember it. And then I'll try to, like, get the story out to Katie or something. And it just, like, dissipates in seconds. It's so weird. The last dream I had, I was brushing my teeth and I couldn't get all the toothpaste to rinse out of the toothbrush. That was my dream. <laughs> okay, Katie. It's probably a stress dream. Were you, like, stressed out? I don't know. She's always, I have stress always dreams. stressed out. I have stress dreams all the time about, like, sometimes I'll be back in high school and I'm trying to, like, get to class and I can't make it there. Or I'll have dreams, like, about work. Where, like, I'm trying to get to work and I can't get there and I can't get there and there's all these obstacles and I'm, like, running late. Maybe that, I don't know. Those I don't, are all stressed. I don't remember what was going on at the time, but uh, possibly. Every single time that I'm sick and I have a fever, I have a dream that a T Rex is chasing me. <laughs> Tiffany, get out of her dream. And then I, I, it's, it alternates between the T Rex dream and a dream where there's a snake that's chasing me and I can't get away from it, no matter what I do. She literally wakes up screaming. I like it's the worst dream ever, and every single time I have a fever, I have that same dream and. The setup of the room is the same. It's literally the exact same dream every single time. It's weird. So scary. I'll close the door and it'll, like, get under the door. I'll go onto a bunk bed and it'll, like, twirl up the bunk bed. Like, it is weird. Listen, here's my interpretation of your dream. T-Rex and snake, right? Okay. Yeah. T-Rex has very short arms. Snake has no arms. What if they just want you to help them reach something? <laughs> Or give them a hug. Uh, Next time, just ask them, what is it you do can't Do you reach? need a hug? The snake looks pretty menacing, like it wants to kill me. He's mad that he can't reach stuff. I'm short. Sure. I get mad that I can't reach stuff. He slithers up everything. Goodbye, yes. don't ask me. Goodbye, don't ask me. All right, move on. All right, next question. If one, This is from Peisha in the Discord chat. If one of the marauders were a seer, who would it be? Ooh. I feel like it'd be either Sirius or Lupin. I was kind of going to go Lupin, I think, because he seems the most level-headed. Mm. I was going to go Sirius. We're all over the place. I think Lupin. Just because I feel like he handles his life as a werewolf like so well for him, even though he's pretty down on himself. I feel like he could also handle having that task as well. I kind of just feel like for like with Lupin, he he's the most logical out of all of them. So even if he wasn't I mean, 
a seer per se, he could still come to pretty good conclusions about things just because of his logic. Mm. I like the idea of Sirius just because he's a wild card. So he would be a yeah. little reckless with it. And then Remus being the logical one would like interpret it for him. Maybe. I like yeah. that. I like that idea a, a lot. Star action. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, Vinny. Yeah. You want me to read it? Is that what you're intending sure. or no? So I did not mean to cut you off. Vinny asks, what would have been your password if you were the headmistress? Thank you for saying headmistress. Yeah. Um, Dribble's best blowing bum. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Sour Patch Kid watermelons. Is it to be a snack? I don't know. If you want it to Make- be the best kind of password, yes. Make it a candy. Make it a candy. Um, airheads. No, Meg would be Reese's Fast Break Bar. Oh, yeah, it would be, actually. Reese's Fast Frozen, Break Bar. Frozen Charleston Shoes. Ooh, Charleston those shoes. are good. Yeah. I Mine don't like them. Would be a <gasps> Snickers. 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 So good. They call me AK. I'm sorry, I don't know your real first name. She asks, favorite way to procrastinate at work? Hers is sneaking ear pods in to listen to the Swisher Discord episode recording. <laughs> hey! I don't... Uh, I can't really procrastinate at my job when you have 20 plus little ones running around. Amuck, amuck, amuck. You know. Maybe, like, talking about procrastinating with my work I was supposed to do with the podcast. I watch Netflix. Yeah, I definitely watch Netflix. I'm on Stranger Things right now. We're halfway through. <laughs> The third one? Yeah. Don't spoil anything for me. I'm not. Don't also tell my mom that I watched the first two without her. I'm telling. All I'm, I'm, telling. All I'm saying is it's I good. I find that I do better watching it with her when I've already watched it. Um, she asks she questions. Asks a lot of questions. That's exactly yeah. how my mom is. Drives me nuts. Yes. Especially all when I'll I've say... not seen it. Well, like, if I've not seen it and we're watching something together, I literally like, Mom, I can't answer that for you because I've never seen this. So I don't know. Yeah. Parents, man. All I'm going to say is it's very good. So far, I'm liking it. I'm shocked, but I'm liking it. I think it's my favorite season. From what I've seen, I think I agree with you. Yeah, it's good. Katie, do you want to ask the next one? I've, I've only seen season one. Lame. Slacker. Sage asks, if you had to substitute for divination one week, what would you teach that week? I would talk about astrological signs. Yeah. Yeah, like Aries and stuff like that. Like I think I, that'd be really fun to talk. I was about. just gonna be like star stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would want to do tea tea leaf reading. <gasps> we did tea and leaf then, reading. It was fun. And then you can just drink a ton of tea. Yeah, yeah. I would love it. It was fun. It's fun times. We're had by all. Next question. Nicole asks. If you didn't have an owl, what kind of fantastic beast would you use to deliver your mail? Dragon. Tiffany. <laughs> a hippogriff. <laughs> I'd really You'd want... send your mail in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Niffler, though. I want a little Niffler to scuttle up to me. All my envelopes would be gold so that it would want to travel with it, you know? But how are the people who... Your recipients aren't gonna get their mail. It's gonna stuff in it. How... <laughs> Keep it. Keep it forever. <laughs> True. <laughs> I sent that bill in weeks ago. What are you talking about? I'd probably send a dog. A phoenix and hope it doesn't catch fire. Right. My mail's on fire. 
You're so, so silly. <laughs> um, so Sage said a fun fact in the chat that's really weird. It says, any face that you've seen in your dreams is a person you've seen in real life because your brain can't make up faces while you dream. I've heard that before, I've and it kind of freaks me out. So mm. weird. Do you see strangers in your dreams? I have, I've yeah. seen stranger things in my dreams. Do you want to hear something interesting about dreams? Back to that. Um... <coughs> We call it dream Marty because sometimes like I'll wake up and I'll legit be like mad or upset or sad because when you wake up from a dream, like at least for me, like I, those emotions are real. Like I was experiencing those emotions while I was dreaming. Yeah. And I got to tell you, dream Marty is a horrific jerk. <laughs> <laughs> He's so bad. And I'll literally like, it's stupid, but I can't help it because I'm like half asleep, half awake anyway. Like I'll wake him up and be upset with him, and he's like, "Yeah, Dream Marty's the worst." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had like a bad dream with Katie in it, like where she's mean. Katie's never mean. I've never had a dream with you being mean. Because I'm always really nice. You are always. Whatever. I recently also had a dream. So like they talk about like um. I said, as she says, I've heard about people talking about dreaming about like people that have passed on, and like someone told me that like it's not good if they talk to you. Although I don't think I've ever had a dream where like they've talked to me, but I had a dream after the dream about my dad giving me a puppy, which apparently means things. Is so I've been told that um, my grandma. I was like having a dream, and I don't remember where I was, but like my grandma was there, my grandma Mally, and like my aunt Erin. And I don't know if my Aunt Anne was there or not, but my grandma was there. She looked really good, but she didn't say anything during the dream. Like, it was weird. It's like, hmm, I wonder what that means. Hmm. Hmm. Fun fact of my dream. <laughs> um, Vinny wants us to sort Stranger Things characters. I think you need a Felix file on that. Ooh, yeah, good that idea. would be fun, Felix file. You should do that after you're both done watching season three, and I'll sit that one out. We'll call it Potter thing. We could maybe record that while we're in NYC. There you go. Yeah. Good, Good idea, idea. Vinny. Thanks, yeah. Vinny. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> Is that all? Oh, hey. Yeah. I have one thing that, like, to... Um, I, I recorded a thing with my friend that doesn't really have anything to do with Harry Potter. But if you want to listen to it, let me know and we'll put it out as a Felix House. Or, like, a bonus episode. People liked the one with you and Ez. Yeah, but that was kind of like... That was ghosty. Yeah, this is literally just us talking in a car on the way to St. Louis. I mean, I maybe it's like... just like a bonus Felix file, you know? Yeah. yeah. I literally also hear it. don't remember what I talked about on the one with Ezra, so... I'm glad that people liked it so much. It was good. We made her let us edit it so she wouldn't cut everything well, out. <laughs> let's, let's rephrase that. I said, you guys might want to edit this because I edit myself a lot. Um, so it might be behoove you or behoove me for you guys to edit it because I probably would have cut a lot out. Behooves. Yeah. Like a horse. Yes. I had a wine today that was 14 hands. Okay. And I giggled. Let's move. Fan story? Yeah. Fan story. All right. This week comes from Samantha Mason. Hey, y'all. My name is Samantha and... I'm a Ravenclaw, and I've been listening to y'all's podcast for two months now, whenever this was sent. I was hooked from the very first episode. My Potter story is slightly long and embarrassing, so I apologize in advance if you get secondhand embarrassment. Oh, man, (laughs) that's me. 
So as a child, I was obsessed with reading. I read everything I could get my hands on, and my mom encouraged us so hard. One day after school, I had come home and was doing my homework, and not going to lie, I was watching, more so watching TV, when this movie trailer had popped up. It featured a boy flying on a broom with a very cute, my nine-year-old self was a tad bit boy crazy, blonde-headed boy. I was very intrigued by the trailer and asked my mom, could we go see it when it came out? She told me she would think about it and would give me an answer when I got home from school the next day. Now I come from below the Bible belt, so anything to do with witchcraft was strictly forbidden, but my mom was a rebel. Mm. She found out the movie was based off a book and told me the only way I could see the movie was if I read the book first. So, of course, that weekend she went and got me the book and I read it in three hours. (laughs) I was hooked. My obsession branched off. The next year, I got everything Harry Potter for Christmas. My grandmother made me a Harry Potter pillow, which I still have, Mm -hmm. and a super amazing blanket that I, as a 25-year-old woman, can't sleep without. Mm -hmm. When Chamber came out, I fell in love with Rupert Grint and Ron Weasley. Y'all, my Mm -hmm. love for that boy was so embarrassing. My mom mom let me dye my hair red like his, (laughs) and I wrote Mrs. Rupert Grint on everything. (laughs) It's like Megan. (laughs) Yeah, it's your spirit animal, Megan. Uh, thinking back to that and writing it out sounds very stalkerish, but as much as I love the series, it helped me through a lot. You see, my mom bounced around from man to man and preferred drugs over us sometimes, and I never had a stable home except Harry Potter. I read the books so much that they were falling apart. I ended up with seven sets of the series. Oh, wow. Let me do that bell again. It was bad. All my friends grew out of Harry Potter, but I always stayed with it. I still do. Harry Potter has been there with every heartbreak, every time I hurt myself, and any time I needed a friend. I always turn to Harry. I am grown now with a husband who has never seen or read the series, and two little girls who I personally have sorted into Gryffindor and Slytherin, and I can't wait to indulge them in all things Potter. Currently, my three-year-old, Kennedy, the Gryffindor, loves being read the tales of Beetle the Bard for bedtime stories. Aww. My one-year-old, Westlyn, Slytherin, is a baby Draco Malfoy. See the picture attached. By the way, you guys gotta look because it's so cute. I am so incredibly blessed for JK and the Harry Potter series. It saved me when I thought there was nothing to save. My light when I was surrounded by darkness. I want to thank y'all, Katie, Meg, Tiffany, and Sarah, my spirit sister, because I relate to her so much, <laughs> for doing this podcast for all the Harry Potter fans and creating a new home for us. Ooh. I know, chills. 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 They're multiplying. Also, I'm still in love with Rupert Grant, so I feel you there. Yeah. <laughs> Samantha, I almost said you. he's a good-looking pooch. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good-looking man. Oh, he is. Him and Tom Felton did a bunch of promo stuff when they were down in Universal for Mm -hmm. the new Hagrid's ride, and, like, I love all the videos that have been coming out with it, seeing them interact together again. It was good. But thank you so much, Samantha, for sharing your story. It sounds like you have, like, a sweet happily ever after. Um, Also, I love your kids' names. Yes. So different. Super cute. And also, um... I know Potter is always there for you. It's always there for all of us. And it seems like you do know, but just to reiterate, like, our community is always there for you as well. Yeah, so, for sure. thanks for being a part of it. You guys yes. make it home for us. So, Correct. thank you. Correct. All right. Social media. So, make sure that you guys follow us on all the different social media channels. We're on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at Swish Flick Cast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you just search Swish and Flick Podcast, we'll come up on there. All of our podcasts post there, as well as different vlogs. 
for anyone who's having problems with their apps because it seems to be a lot lately. So YouTube mm. it up. Yeah, I don't yeah, they're always they're always on YouTube. I, I, you know, my advice to anybody who's having issues is make sure your phone's up to date. Unsubscribe and resubscribe to the podcast. Uh, make read. sure the app's up to date. Yeah, make sure the app's up to date. Delete the app and re-download it. Those are things that all seem to work for me for other things. So those are my suggestions. Um, also, you can follow us on Patreon for exclusive access to the Felix Files, a chance to be a guest on the Felix Files, and a live video chat session with us monthly on Zoom. Um, so you can find us there at patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast and choose your support level. Mm-hmm. Patreon Plus packages are going out soon. I'm yeah. so excited. Oh, Phoenix Plus packages. What did I, I say? Saw, Patron I saw Phoenix. one of the items. I saw one of the items being made. Yeah. And it's super nice. Yeah. So I think that for our shirts for meetups, can we start like putting where we meet people up on the back of the shirt or is that too much to do? It, on the front. it makes the cost go up if you do a front uh, and the back. I know. I dumb. Know. But we can look into it. We'll look. Because that'd be cute. Maybe we give it as an option for people who would like to spend a little extra. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, All good thoughts. Bring it on, Sarah. Yes. Bring it on. Also, okay. I just wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to all of our current patrons. We couldn't do this without you. We super appreciate you. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, all of the information about us is on our website at swishflickcast.com. And that's also where you can find all of our merchandise. We do want to also, or should say, we should point out that um, if you are a patron of ours, our stuff that you get, like um, the welcome packets and everything, gets sent out quarterly. Yes. So if you join like today, I'm you're not gonna. You get... If you if you joined after July first, you might not get your package for until the next quarter. So that would be yeah. August, September, October will be the mm-hmm. next mailing. Yeah. It's so, like, just... it's not going to be sent out right immediately yeah. after you join. Right. It's just to just save us some time. Too much. Yeah. You get your other perks right away. Yeah, like, yeah you can listen to the Felix Files right Felix away and everything. Files so. and stuff like that. But your yeah. package, it's every, it's four times a year they go out. So just have some patience with us. Yeah. Otherwise, and... it would be bananas. Yes. It's already, yeah, it gets too much. It's we already do bananas. The... Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. got to be organized and everything. And if you... Um, Sorry, Sarah, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, if you guys have any ideas, if, like, because with our um, Phoenix Plus ones, we're going to give out, like, exclusive merch. So if there's something that, if you're a patron, that you are a Phoenix Plus patron, and there's something you would really like, let us know. Also, if you want to see us do something on YouTube that you, you know, besides, like, us making um, cooking things or whatever, just let us know. Give us ideas that you want to see, because really we're here to, like, do stuff we love, but we also want like to give to you content that you guys want to see. Yeah, right. If you have been a patron and haven't received your package for some reason, because we are caught up, so well we're not really because we haven't sent out Julys yet. No, no, no. But we're caught up to that point. So you know, it, it honestly may have gotten lost in the mail because we've had trouble before. So like, let us know. Yeah, we're not trying to jip anybody. We're not trying to. We don't want anyone to be forgotten or yeah. feel left out. So just send us a message. And also with. If you don't live in the United States of America, it takes longer with yeah. customs and all that other fun stuff to to get there. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's about all I got. Okay. Cool. Logging other things. 
Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything, Tiff? I do. I would like to plug something today that is not myself. Um, my sister has started an Etsy shop. Ooh. And I know. Well, get this. It's something like she is a historical nut. Like she loves anything to do with history. She's a metal detector. She loves to collect like coins, anything that's vintage, just anything to do with history. She's in love with like her favorite place to be is Gettysburg. Um, And so she started thrifting and has found some really interesting things. And she now has an Etsy shop, like I said, and she also has an Instagram So I would love for anybody who is interested in vintage stuff, she has a wide variety of things. It's called Valley Vintage Goodies. And go follow her on Instagram. Go like her shop on Etsy. She was so nervous for me to do this for her. She was like, I don't know. I'm not very good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're amazing. And she researches everything she has to give you a fair and appropriate price. And so just go on Etsy, Valley Vintage Goodies, and and like her shop and like her Instagram and look through her pictures. She has some really super cute vintage mm-hmm. owls on there right now. She has some, uh, like, bookends and, I don't know, just a bunch of stuff. And she really takes the time and effort to make it the best that she can. Mm-hmm. So just go go and give her a like right now. Right meow. Right meow. And then you can follow me on Twitter at TiffSwish underscore click. <laughs> and that's all. Um, so I wanted to plug my friends, Sarah and Peter. I know that you guys have probably heard me talk about them before, but they um, recently just went through IVF. And... I don't know if there's any listeners out there who are going through infertility, um, but they have a different Instagram besides the Brookhart Project. They have the Baby Brookhart Project, and it is all about their IVF and IUI experience. Um, A lot of it is story-driven, so, like, she's got her little highlights on her stories of, like, them getting the meds and them doing egg retrieval. They just did egg retrieval today. So, and like it was successful, um, they'll find out if it was even more successful tomorrow. So hopefully things happened, but, um, if you guys are interested in that or you're going through that or know somebody who's going through it, if you like following different Instagrams about infertility, the baby Brookhart project is a good one. And then also just follow the regular channel, the Brookhart project for a Disney fix. Cause I know a lot of you guys out there are Disney fans and their vlogs are pretty fun because they literally go to Disney like almost every day. <laughs> Honestly. So, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to follow Katie and I, we have our YouTube channel at the Peters Family and Instagram at the Peters Family and Twitter. I'm trying. I'm so bad at Twitter, but like I try. I like stuff. I retweet stuff. I do it. Yes. So I want to plug a listener who mm. requires a shout out because they took some time out of their life (laughs) to do something amazing. So this shout-out goes to Robert Griffey. Um, I'm going to read their post because it's amazing. 
So Robert says, so as some of you might know or don't know, I've decided to re-listen to every episode I have available, starting with episode one, and count and keep track of every number, color, and Dear Joe moment throughout the podcast. Goodness gracious. As our lovely hosts, Tiffany, Megan, Katie, and Sarah have entranced our minds with countless hours of HP knowledge and reaching episode 100, I have a total amount. P.S. When it comes to the Dear Joe moments, I was mainly listening to the words Dear Joe, so I didn't catch every single moment, but as precise numbers as I could. Shout out to listening. So, numbers. 7,179. Now 180. Uh, (laughs) Colors, 1,824. And Dear Joe, 72. Robert, shout out to you. Girl's got a lot of questions to answer of ours. 72. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Get on it. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know how you did that because I don't know. Sometimes I'm dinging that bell like a crazy person. So, really, though, accurate. Like, yeah. wow. Thank you for taking the time. Like, that made, that made my year. That, that was, was awesome. truly a labor yeah. of love. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Truly a labor of love. Sarah, what what you doing? So mine's a little bit more sad. Um, only because only I don't really have anything to plug. I'm still figuring stuff out, like where I'm going to go to school and do all that stuff. Um, but just keep um, my family in your thoughts and prayers. Just uh, Or whatever. Give thoughts good vibes. Um, just because I have an aunt that's not doing so well. And that's all. And then I had other family. like They're not related to me, but they're going through some stuff so that's about it i bring it all down yay me or and you can also follow me on instagram i'm omalley with three h's but just keep my family and extended friends and stuff in your thoughts prayers good vibes all that fun stuff we'll do your family close we gotcha yeah all right anything else for the greater good no man. For Voldemort and Valor. For Voldemort and Valor, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> Boom. Roasted. <laughs> <laughs>